is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, to catch the Hunter Dickinson show last night against Michigan State, man, like 33 points, nine boards. That's a career high, the points. And uh, just like one of those games, I think we're, we're not going to soon forget a Nick Skowskis like performance against the Spartans. I'm, and I apologize for not being able to pronounce Stowskis, but. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things that's not going to leave your head for a good long while, right? Speaking of Nick Stauskas real quick, 57 points in the G League. What in the world? Of course, on the night that Michigan plays Michigan State, he had a couple of great games against Michigan State. Big day for white guys. Hunter Hunter Dickinson, man, he, he was a monster. And, you know, the kind of the, the quote, uh, that that they're kind of running with for Tom Izzo is that, you know, essentially Hunter Dickinson's performance left Izzo speechless. And, you know, Hunter Dickinson let everybody know how good of a game he was having. And it was early on too. It was within the first 10 points, you know, even the first couple of baskets where he was staring down the, the Michigan state bench. And it just kind of felt like he knew that nobody could guard him. And, and quite literally nobody on Michigan state's team could guard him. And he, you know, goes out for 33. It could have been more if he would have hit a couple of free throws. Probably would have been more than that, but the dude must have been exhausted after the monster performance he put on. But like you said, you know, definitely one of the more memorable performances, not only, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, but a Michigan player, really football, basketball, you know, you name the sport, you know, one of the more memorable performances in a rivalry game in general. Uh, so definitely, you know, loved seeing that. Hopefully some more big games for Hunter Dickinson to come. Again, he's been one of the most consistent guys on the team by far, always gets his. And, yeah, uh, Hunter Dickinson, a nightmare matchup uh, for Michigan State. And he didn't even, like, start staring down the bench. Or he, he, he did it right away. That was the impressive thing. Like, normally – yeah, I feel like a guy's waiting until he's got 25 and the game's put away, and then he'll look at you, you know, flex a little bit. Like, it's a 2-2 game, a minute in, and and Hunter Dickinson, you know, hits his shot, first shot of the game, and immediately looks at him and just lets him know, like, I'm coming for you. That was incredible. So, I, you know, it's like, okay, you, you do that. Like, you, you need to have a good game. You can't finish with seven points and four rebounds and foul trouble. And so to his credit, man, like he backed that up and got Michigan, um, you know, not the most impressive win. It was impressive, but you know, I think like Purdue a couple of weeks ago was just looked better, but in terms of like what it means for your season, uh, the circumstances and all that, like probably the most important win, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, I, I think if you just look at Hunter Dickinson's performance in this game in general, it. You know, and Terrence Williams, second, who had a big game, hit three threes in the first half before airballing one on a heat check. Um, you know, I think they're really feeding off of Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson knows that. So I think, you know, he knew how important that game was, you know, splitting with a rival, uh, protecting your home court against a team just up the road, uh, you know, giving yourself a fighting chance for an NCAA tournament appearance. You know, they've got to do everything they can to, to continue to, to – uh, be in the running for that, and we'll talk about that next, I'm sure. But, yeah, this this win, the timing of it, 
uh, and then the way Hunter Dickinson performed, he he played and then acted as if you know he knew that his big night was going to lead to a big night for Michigan. I think the players all fed off that. So hopefully that's something they'll be able to take into uh, tomorrow night. You know, this being Wednesday evening, uh, they've got a matchup. Uh, you know, Thursday night, 9 p.m. Of course, our favorite Love it. Uh, home it. Iowa or home against Iowa. They, yeah. they beat Iowa on the road. Uh, a team that's beatable, but a team that's really good. Uh, but yeah, this this performance uh, for Hunter Dickinson, you know, quite literally unforgettable. And hopefully, we'll we'll give Michigan energy uh, for a late tip Thursday night as well. Now, what'd you think of Frankie Collins? Because I got nervous when Devonte Smith had to go out with those early two fouls. And you're thinking like, you know, Frankie Collins has had his moments. And at this point, you understand like it's it's his backup role. There's a couple game stretch where you're like Kobe Bufkin's playing really well, but that's Frankie Collins situation. He goes in there and doesn't score a point. We know he's not necessarily a scorer that you know has to work on his shot. But the way he navigated in the lane, the energy he played with uh, had a couple nice deflections that resulted in turnovers. That was so crucial for Michigan in the first half, and you're really hoping, at least I was, like, okay, keep your head above water, uh, get to the second half, let your you know, starting lineup come back with Devontae Jones. But but Frankie Collins, I thought, was just like a really big part of the reason that Michigan extended a, an early lead in the first half and went into halftime you know, in a situation where, like, okay, now the only job is to just not blow it. I thought he played incredible. Yeah, I'd love to talk about Frankie heading into next season uh, and, and do maybe a little comparison to like a Xavier Simpson, uh, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, we'd have to, to, to run it back and, and see how many minutes exactly Simpson got in year one, you know, playing behind uh, Derek Walton. But, you know, it really feels like a guy who, you know, came in and, and showed those flashes, you know, more consistently than he has in other games. Obviously, he got a lot of minutes to do a lot of things, but you know, maybe it was the optimism I, I had knowing that he had to, you know, take the take the point position basically the, the entirety of the first half after Devontae Jones went out. But, you know, it kind of felt like he had an opportunity at home against a rival. And he didn't do it with his scoring, really. But, you know, he, he was a distributor. And, and that's what, you know, Xavier Simpson was so good at all the time was getting the ball to the right place, you know, getting into the paint, kicking the ball out, getting the ball – into the pain and getting it to the big. And, and I think, you know, Frankie Collins, you know, showed his ability to get to the rim. Uh, he obviously has an ability to score. He still, you know, takes a couple of lazy shots here and there, or tries to fade and doesn't seem to even be able to get it to the rim at times. But he showed uh, enough last night in, in a win against Michigan State to give you a kind of confidence that when he can take the next step and he is asked to, to play even more minutes, likely as the starting point guard of the future, uh, I think Michigan will be in good hands. And, and like Xavier Simpson over the course of a career, if he can also develop that shot to start knocking down some threes. You know, there was a game where, remember, Xavier Simpson went off for like 20-something and just couldn't seem to miss, a guy who was never known as a three-point shooter. So last night, you know, it, the the way he was playing with Hunter Dickinson and obviously getting the ball to somebody like Hunt that wasn't going to miss, uh, especially in the first half, helps a lot. But, you know, the way he came in off the bench, stepped up because he had to with the absence of Devontae Jones after foul trouble was big for Michigan and, and hopefully, um, you know, big for his confidence. He didn't get a whole lot of run in the second half. I think Devontae Jones is still, you know, the best person to be out there at the point. Uh, made some big plays himself, even even hit a big three to keep 
the lead, um, you know, anywhere around 13 to, to, to 14 uh, when he hit that, I think. But yeah, Frankie Collins seems to be a, a great point guard in the future. Uh, I'm glad that we saw flashes in a rivalry game. And hopefully, you know, the limited minutes he'll get uh, or the extended minutes he could get with foul trouble, hopefully he'll continue to, to show improvement and show that he's getting really comfortable out there. Two, uh, two games here with, with Iowa and Ohio State is – you know, does this feel like an NCAA tournament team to you? I feel like we talk about this every week, and more and more the answer seems to be yes. But uh, after a win against Michigan State and the way they did it, I know there's some some dominoes maybe still left to fall, uh, and I don't expect anybody to be like 100% confident, but but you got to feel a little more confident, right? Yeah, I think I'm more confident now than I was, you know, the last time we talked about this. You know, you saw a game against Rutgers, which, you know, was a must win. Uh, they actually played, you know, Illinois relatively well, you know, cut it within two uh, late in that game until it kind of, you know, got out of hand again. And, you know, and Illinois played tremendously. Uh, Plummer had like 33s that game. And w- what a classic <laughs> showing of, you know, like we always talk about just one dude not missing. And for the most part, Illinois didn't miss at all in the first half. And I'm sure that's how Michigan state felt, uh, you know, last night, uh, you know, Tuesday night when, when playing Michigan, you know, Michigan shot ridiculously in the, in the first half and really didn't slow down all that much in the second half. So I feel confident in, over the last three games, you know, you don't like what happened at Wisconsin, not only for how Michigan performed, but just the whole Juwan Howard thing. I think Phil Martelli, again, we talked about this last week has done an excellent job. The best interviewer in all of college sports probably to be honest uh i joke with you that i think he should handle the interviews even when juan howard comes back just because i want to hear from him moving forward just a you know a great person they get on a microphone and just share share his mind it's really raw it's really good but yeah you know i feel better i feel confident they're playing like an NCAA tournament team playing like a team that could win a game in the NCAA tournament but i will feel better with a win against iowa at home or a road victory at Ohio State, a team that's now lost two in a row, I believe, and, and lost at home to Nebraska. So if Nebraska can go into Columbus and win, you feel like Michigan could, but you know, rivals usually get up uh, and protect their home court against you know teams like Michigan that pay them visits. So I would imagine that uh, Michigan can win one of the next two. And I guess I'm turning towards Iowa, just seeing that Michigan's beat them uh, before, though it is hard to beat a team twice, that's for sure, especially in the Big Ten. That's how the saying goes. Yeah. No, I- you know, if Michigan wins one of these games, I think you got to feel pretty good. But what happens if they lose both of them? I mean, I, there, I don't think there's a clear-cut answer to that. I was looking at uh, ESPN's bracketology, and uh, the last time I looked, it hadn't been updated since before Michigan's win over Michigan State, and so that hasn't been factored in. But they were, I think, an 11 seed, and if I'm reading all the the arrows, it got too fancy first, you know, as a aside, bracketology got too fancy. But I, I think this looks like, <laughs> if I'm looking at it right, an 11 seed that's like trending downward on the bubble. And if you lose both of these games then, um, and I don't know, whatever happens in the Big Ten tournament, but like where does Michigan stand if that's the case? You know, after after Sunday, Michigan's lost two in a row. Well, you know, you're probably going to have a, you know, a lesser than seed in the Big Ten tournament. 
uh, probably play that extra game even. Uh, you know, obviously there's teams that will play even more than that, you know, than the bottom of the Big Ten. But, you know, if you lose the next two, which is possible, they're two good basketball teams. And Michigan, when they want to be, seems like they can be a good basketball team too. If you lose the next two, I think you probably have to win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament. Because if you lose three games in a row, you know, that being the first game in the Big Ten tournament, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. Uh, And again, you know, it really just depends. Iowa seems like a favorable matchup in the sense that, um, you know, Hunter Dickinson played really well. I think Musa Diabate can play really well. Um, It's guys like, you know, it's the wings, you know, it's the Caleb Houston. Can he step up? Because there's some really good shooters that Iowa has. If they get hot, you know, that's a team you're going to have trouble beating. You got the McCaffrey brothers, you know, one that likes to get to the rim, the other that just knocked down a bunch of threes not too long ago. I, I think if you, you know, if, if you can beat Iowa, I think twice, I think one that's impressive, that, you know, a couple of good wins there against a good basketball team. Uh, you know, Ohio State just has a couple of, of big guys, you know, Zed Key and, and EJ Adell that, you know, can can provide some trouble for a team like Michigan. So even if Hunter Dickinson can get his, you know, it seems like they're going to have trouble guarding, you know, both of those guys plus the other scores that Ohio State has as well. So I'm more confident, again, maybe seeing Michigan face Iowa. But, yeah, I don't know that you can afford to lose the next two because a lot can happen in the Big Ten. A lot can happen around the country. And, again, you always have that chance of the Big Ten tournament to show out and, and get yourself in like that game you know, we discussed where they hit the buzzer beater against, you know, a top Indiana seed. Uh, Cam Chapman in the corner, maybe after a little bit of a step back travel there. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it got him into the tournament. Uh, Michigan might have to do that. And if you're, if you're looking at that 11 seed, you know, you're kind of in Michigan State situation last year where you're playing a UCLA uh, to even get into the main field. And we know what UCLA did. All they did is, you know, run through the tournament uh, and beat Michigan. Uh, so, you know, it's possible to, to be an 11 seed and, and, and do some damage, but, you know, Michigan's still playing for that 11 seed in my mind and winning one of the next two helps that significantly, obviously. Let's look ahead to the big 10 tournament because I've got a fun question for you. And I, well, I think it's fun as a fan, would you rather Michigan play Wisconsin again or Michigan state? And then answer that question, putting yourself in the position of like a player or a coach who would you rather see again i'd probably rather see wisconsin as a fan uh, yeah you know i i think both to be honest i think i'd rather see wisconsin because of how poorly that first game went you know get him in a neutral site uh beat you know a team that's already clinched a share if not going to be an outright big 10 champion you know purdue's lost two in a row now to, to michigan state and wisconsin basically on two near buzzer beaters um, you know, I think I'd rather see Wisconsin because of all the things that unfolded with Juwan Howard. Uh, and, and I think that would be a better win, you know, and probably imply, uh, I guess, depending on how it shakes up, um, you know, you could, you could see, you probably see Wisconsin later, unless it was an early matchup, uh, you know, implying that Michigan's made a couple of a game run, you know, Michigan state would be fun. I think if you lose to a Michigan State, that team that's, you know, I think projected as a seven or somewhere around there, at least heading into the Michigan game, uh, you know, they win the the rivalry series uh, and you lose to maybe a lesser than team. If you lose to Wisconsin, you know, that's probably the best team in the Big Ten as of today uh, and obviously does wonders for your 
tournament resume if you're beating a team that's as hot as Wisconsin is with a player as good as Johnny Davis is who's likely to win Big Ten Player of the Year, especially since they've already clinched at least a share. So, yeah, I think as a fan and probably, honestly, as a player, I think I'd rather see Wisconsin and get another run at the Badgers. All right. I can't disagree with that. I think there's you can make a really good case either way. Uh, last thing I want to ask here before we go is related to Purdue. I I tweeted the other day after Purdue had lost um, that the Boilermakers, good as they can be, look like a team that's going to get bounced before the Sweet 16, that, that can't make it to the second weekend because that defense is atrocious and they can score 90, but uh, you know they might play in somebody who, who gets up 95. I, I think that's a good bet for a high seed that's going to get bounced and, and the more uh, people who aren't paying attention to Big Ten basketball or whatever, like, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a big shocker. Like Purdue at three seed, whatever, like went down. And and I think the rest of us who pay attention to Big Ten basketball, are being, you know, we're going to be like, oh, I saw that coming because that defense is so bad. And, and Purdue has had its, its moments where like they just can't close out the close game. Do you feel that way about Purdue? <sighs> you know, I, I definitely see that, you know, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just – you know, your defense can suffer. And I think that, you know, being in a position to allow a team like Michigan State and uh, Wisconsin to win last second and then having a loss, you know, that we loved uh, when Michigan kind of pounded Purdue, um, those obviously, it's not, it's not good. But when you can score as many points as Purdue can, um, it's, a, it's a very dangerous team. So though they could get bounced early, you know, I think of the – 2019 tournament with Carson Edwards. I think he dropped 40 plus in an overtime game against the number one seed Virginia, who I believe that year went on to win the the, the championship. Um, you know that was a back and forth game where a team again Carson Edwards had the bulk of the points, over 50 percent of them. But you know with Jaden Ivy and Zach Evie and Travion Williams, I mean they they legitimately have three you know stud players. Um, but yeah, you know, as of late, it doesn't look good and they're going to have to find a way to turn it around to end the season and then play big, uh, great basketball in the big 10 tournament. You know, they're obviously not in a position to miss the tournament, but yeah, if they, if they want to prove that they're not going to be a team that's easily bounced, it'd probably be in their best interest to, to make it to at least the semifinals, if not make a finals run in the big 10 tournament, because I would say between them and Wisconsin, I think those are, are the two best teams. I think Illinois has flashes. Uh, but they've also lost some games they shouldn't have. But, yeah, I mean, all that to say, the Big Ten is about as unpredictable as ever. Again, Ohio State's lost two in a row, especially one to Nebraska, who I think only notched their third conference win by winning that game, uh, or maybe had three wins before that. Either way, not good, not a good time to lose to a team like that. So it gives you a little bit of hope in a team like Michigan. You know, if they can play as well as they did against Michigan State, against Purdue, which is probably – you know, an even bigger win earlier in the season. Uh, it feels like a team that can make a run. And they were even saying after the game that, you know, no one would be surprised if Michigan made a run in the Big Ten tournament. I'd still be a little bit surprised. It would take really good basketball day after day. And we haven't seen them be consistent enough. But, yeah, I think any team in the Big Ten can get bounced early. And I think there's multiple teams in the Big Ten that could actually make a run in the NCAA tournament. So that'll just make it really interesting watching the conference and how they perform. All right, let's leave it there, and then we'll get back next week, uh, hopefully ahead of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we could talk about 
uh, hopefully two Michigan wins against Iowa and Ohio State. And, you know, Wolverines team that's in a good position to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, otherwise, we'll just sweat it out through the, the Big Ten tournament, which we haven't done in a while. So, like I said a couple weeks ago, maybe we're due for one. I don't know, but we'll be back next week to talk about all that. And until then, take care and go blue. Go blue.